hey welcome back everybody to another episode of the chocolate mds i'm dr nono i'm one of your hosts from the chocolate mds and i'm joined by my lovely co-host we have dr chris hey y'all we got dr sunshine hey guys and last but not least we got amy joe md hey all right y'all so i know it's been a stressful week but how are we hanging how are we doing no no have you have you ever watched fat albert I yeah I have. So <laughs> <laughs> you started off. You started, I already know where this is going. Hey, hey. So I thought you were gonna give me a third one, like hey hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Like, I don't have that base that Fat Albert has because I don't have an extra four hundred pounds on my frame. <laughs> and I'm gonna sing a song for you. Maybe she meant to say hey hey hey. Anyway, <laughs> I'm testing out some new intros. Okay, so bear with me. <laughs> I guess the Hey Albert was not a good one, so I'll do another one next time. Be Fat Albert. <laughs> she said Hey, hey Albert. Albert. Like, oh, like, like Hey Arnold and Fat yes. Albert had a oh, name. Right. Hey, hey Albert. Hey Albert. Oh. I was a Cartoon Network kid. I, I didn't really watch Nickelodeon that much. But, yeah. Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yo, I used to watch Sesame Street, then Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, and then Reading Rainbow. Yeah. It was like a trio. Yes. Like it would all yes. come back to back. What? That's true. I used to yeah. love that. I, I can't do anything. <laughs> but to answer your question, Dr. Dono, I personally am fine dodging Omicron, you know, out here, slipping and slipping and sliding around. You know, dodging it. Yo, I know I that. Got- I know that. I know that across the board, everybody is really exhausted with Omicron mm-hmm. in the clinic, in the hospital. It's wild. It's wild right now. I'm trying to dodge it, but they don't want to. They don't want to make me be great. They don't. Want to be great. They don't. They, they the patients are trying to trying to give me COVID. Yes, <laughs> you have made it to 2022 and have not gotten COVID. You are, you are a a neo from the matrix like i don't know how <laughs> <laughs> not really not really because that all that means is that you got to go to work or you right. don't leave the house <laughs> you gotta go to work while everybody else everybody else not- sitting at home because they got a quarantine keep reporting no you no that's actually not even true you know the old old guidelines maybe you got a few days oh, off that's true. but by the time you get your test results <laughs> back they'll be like <laughs> and you're back <laughs> two important pieces of information for you you True. are positive you are clear to go to work right so right. we'll see you on monday <laughs> it's so true it's so true people come in like oh but i had symptoms for like four days oh so that means uh you got one more day and you can go back to work with a mask on like, Yo, that is the truth. Yeah, you know that's what it is. It, the system is messed up because you know they used to be like, well, when would you, well when did you test positive? Okay, we'll count from there, right? Like yeah. that's how you know everybody was playing it. Now they'd be like, but when did you sneeze? When was the right. first time you sneezed? <laughs> oh, Thursday. Okay, oh, Thursday, okay. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Friday. Sunday, Monday. Be back on Tuesday, right? You'd be like, but my results just came back right now. It's Friday. They were like, we'll see you Tuesday. You'll be fine. Yeah, it's yeah, you're fine. Y'all, let me tell you about the situations. So the teachers were upset because, you know, they're making, because the new guidelines, making all these teachers come in and teach when they positive for COVID and stuff like that or whatever. So this one teacher came in and of course she's still positive, you know, and then she didn't want to come in, but basically, you know, you have to use your PTO. We all know the jazz, like you got to come in. So then she comes in and decides to tell all of her students that she has COVID 
She's like, I feel like it's my moral obligation to tell you that I have COVID and that I'm being forced to be here in front of you. And, you know, I really shouldn't be here, but they're making me be here. And then all the kids went into my mom's office. You know, she's the principal. Comes to my mom's office like, uh, excuse me, um, did you know Miss So-and-so got COVID? And we don't want to be in the room with her because she said she got COVID. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, like, all the students left the classroom and went to the principal's office and was like, we don't want to be in there because she blatantly says she has COVID. So this teacher is, like, on this vendetta to tell all the kids that she has COVID so that they all can leave her classroom so that she doesn't end up teaching because she's not supposed to be there in the first place. I'm like, what is going on? This is oh, so insane. Wow. And they wow. got to put all these kids in like gym or the auditorium because they don't got nowhere else to put them. They don't got no substitutes. So then these kids just sitting in the gym, just like, I'm like, Living what their best is lives. happening? Wow. I'd be like, just, yo, listen, here's what we're not going to do. Like my, my mom is like, it's gotten insane. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. She's like, She's like, I don't know why she could have just stayed home. We would have figured it out. But now she's here scaring all these kids, telling all these kids she had COVID. <laughs> the kids are like, well, we don't want to be in here. She's like, this is insane. She's like, this is like top-notch Florida. This is top-notch Florida stuff. She's like, I don't know what's happening here. It's like everybody has just decided to go about this their own way. Pettiness on high. People are like, yo, I don't give a F. Like, it's just on high right now. It's insane. I have yeah. never known Florida craziness until we have gone into this pandemic. Like I just heard, oh, Florida, nice state. You know, people go there on vacation, got nice beaches as Miami, because mm-hmm. uh, that's the only city I knew from Florida. But I mean, it's like anything crazy regarding this pandemic has come almost all the time out of Florida. Like, I, I just don't know what it is. Like, like what is going on? What is in the well, water? I know, well, I know. Well, I know what it is. It's the it's the Floridian mentality, which I can, I can understand, but I don't agree with it <laughs> <laughs> because I am a Floridian, so I understand the thought process because I've been raised around so many people who have the thought. The thought process is very much so like, I'm here to live life to the fullest, no matter what. I've made my decision, and whatever comes from it, it is what it is. It's it's very much so like everybody got to go sometime. Like it's literally that's literally, that's literally it. If you were to embody everything Florida in a phrase, it's well everybody got to go sometime. Might as well go uh, taking a shot of tequila. It's very <laughs> you know it's a mess. It's like it's, it's, it's always, are not like that. <laughs> Floridians are always so extreme, but oh. it's also home. So I was there recently, <laughs> and I heard about some of the antics and things, and you know, it's wild, y'all. While Omarion slips sliding around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> How does Omarion feel right now? Like, I feel like he's probably really pissed that all these memes are coming out about him, about this, like, potential killer of a virus. I'm, I'm wondering how he's feeling right now. But. He's got an ice box where his heart used to be. <laughs> He'll be fine. He's just gonna be, he's just gonna do a dance about it. And then everybody else, and then everybody else gonna do the Omarion dance. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a TikTok challenge. And Remember the Oh, that was like one of my first albums. I think it was B2K. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that you that you her. that you listen to? She's letting her. She's letting everyone know her age. <laughs> yeah, your age. Your age is showing. If your first album was B2K, we are not even in the same. I know. Oh, yeah. We were all like, mm. 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 <laughs> I don't know if that would be the. I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> I mean, I saved up money. I saved up money to buy an NSYNC CD, the, f- the No Strings Attached. And I also bought a 3LW uh, CD and the B2K. I think, I think oh, she's so cute. I think the first album right? I saved up to buy <laughs> so cute 
the first album I actually saved up to buy, and I'm like, I really want this, was actually the Destiny's Child album. Oh, their first one, not Writings on the Wall, but the No, 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 No. I had Writings on the Wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I had Writings on the Wall too. I had that one next, but it was Mm -hmm. their very first album. I mean, my sister bought all the CDs, and I would just take them and make mixtapes out of them. So that was just. Listen, or I burn CDs. I would just take. And do I don't that remember what it. album I bought, but I could tell you this much: I used to, I used to be ghetto from the radio, get a blank tape, and when I like the song I, I want to listen, <laughs> oh, yeah. to her, I yes. would record that. Okay, and be waiting, and then and then I be hating it sometimes because the DJs like cut the song off sometimes. Yeah. And so then you got <laughs> or the DJs be talking. Or the yes. DJs be talking. And I be like, yo, you know how long I waited to hear this song? <laughs> you play again, and then now you have the nerve to talk over it. I can't make my tape right, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't flow right. Yeah, they I already mean. start. They already start playing the song, right. but they be like, "And this is the number one song right. in America." Right. Blah, 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 blah. Like, be quiet, be quiet, like be stars. Quiet. Please, Please stop it. And then you, and then you try to, then you try to stay up late, right? Because you know they keep doing it on rotation, so you're trying to get it when it's late. But then you know it fades out. It'd be a whole mix, so yes. they end early. Yeah, girl, you were dedicated. I was never oh, that. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I didn't have the money. <laughs> See. So, like, how else was I supposed to do it? You know, you got to be resourceful. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, I mean, I would be the person that would hold up your cell phone to try and get that recording to use as your ringtone. And she I would do that for maybe 15 to 20 seconds. Girl, girl, what? I didn't even have that. Okay. Right. I'm talking about from the radio. You're you talking about modern, you talking about modern struggles. <laughs> right. You ain't talking about no modern struggles. Now, y'all are showing your age. This is what talking about. Oh, we showing our age. Right. Okay. Right. Nobody that bought Instinct as their first album got any room to do any discussions <laughs> about age or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like right. immediate elimination. No, no, they're treating you, they treating you like Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> On Game of Thrones, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh my lord. You don't know why I struggle. Right. You know Dial up. Mm. Trying, yo, it's before internet. Oh, oh my god! If you needed to get information, you got to go to the encyclopedia, <laughs> and then they teach you like the Dewey Decimal System. Man, we have the Britannica encyclopedia, so that like the one that came on oh this, the multiple gosh. CDs. So, oh yeah. man, you had CDs. Okay, we had the books. We had them books. <laughs> She's about some CDs, you know, right? CDs. Here you right. go. Right, took up the whole bookshelf. Right, back hey. when you had to have a bookshelf in your house because. You know, I hate that too. You can ask no questions. Hey, what about such and such? Look it up. You know, now I know they didn't know. The answer was, I don't know. Like, couldn't they just say that? I don't know. Right, right. right. No, they tell you go to the encyclopedia. Right. And then I don't know how you spell it. Look it up. I don't know how to spell it. Sound it out. Man. <laughs> but if where I was, don't know how to spell, how I'm gonna sound it out? Right. Where was Google? Yeah, when that's I why we had hooked on phonics. That's like, what is it? Is it an A, E, O? How right. am I sounding this out? I don't right. know how to spell it. <laughs> you know, it could take like, forever. Right. Because yeah. if it start with a PH, right? You think it is F. <laughs> you and the F. F. You and the F. You all messed up. Because really, you need to be in P. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yo, Struggle I, think adults, 
I think adults did that just to have you busy and get out their face. Of course. So you don't got to do like, you they asking all them questions. <laughs> right. Not, right. And also, and also English, English is hard. Is. English is hard. Yeah. Like now, because now, like now that I live in LA and I'm around um, my fiance's family, we have like these, like, like I have weekly lessons. So I practice my Spanish with my future mother-in-law. So oh, nice. like I, yeah, she teaches me Spanish and I teach her English and it's like a thing we do on the weekends. Aww. And then as I'm, as I'm, Cute. as I'm teaching, her. Yeah, so as I'm teaching her English, she'll ask me questions, and I'm like, "Yo, that's a good ass question." I'm like, "I don't know why we do it like that." I'm like, yeah. "As you ask that, let me I'm, I'm like, "I don't know, man." I'm like, "That's you're not saying, you're not saying." Yeah, I'm like, right. "I'm like, oh man, you know, two, two, and two, there, there, and there." You know, she's kind of like, "Why are we? Oh, why are man. we doing this like this? And why does the ph make an f sound?" I'm like, "You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like that." She's like, why do the vowels change sounds when you put an E at the end? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a, no, that's a long A. That's a long A. Like, ah, like. <laughs> I know. Yes. So the struggle. Like the it word crane. Struggle. It's not crying. It's it's crane. You see the E at the end? It's crane. I mean, that may be like, <laughs> like that may be dependent because, you know, some people different, you know, South, they draw out their A's and, you know, the long draws and, you know, not like people up in the Midwest and on the East Coast. So, it's but you know, and, you know, in Spanish, they be efficient. If the letter is there, you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Like they ain't, they ain't no silent letters there. They're like, why is this here? <laughs> it's like, it's just yes. for show. Yeah. And it's then, just for show. And then also they, <laughs> decoration. Have feminine, they have feminine and masculine, like, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to know, but we don't have that. I heard something about they were trying to eliminate that because, you know, they with the genders, like, <laughs> which is weird to me because it's like, that would be a game, but changer. that's like changing the language because most of yeah. like Spanish, French, all of them, they like do feminine and masculine words. Like, it's kind of yeah. like, well, you can't do that's that weird. overnight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was hearing that that might be a talk. I don't know if that's a real thing, but then, <laughs> then I'm out because, you know, I'm struggling know. to keep my Spanish. You know, Girl, I, I my few little words, right. and I'm like, you're gonna switch up the whole language while I'm trying to actively learn it. Oh my god, right. can't do that. Because you know what that makes sense because the it's weird because like the word for shirt is feminine, but the word for dress is masculine, like el vestido, like it's a masculine word for a dress, which is very weird. So I was kind of like, who gets to choose what's masculine and feminine? Because we're just we're just blurring all the lines here. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to begin with, but. You know, mm-hmm. for them, be- for them, because they just speak it so often, they've just memorized it, and it's just how it is. But I'm like, mm-hmm. that's how I feel about English. Like, I didn't choose to spell it like this. This is just two, right. two, and two. Like, I don't know. Just, I don't know why it's like that. That's how they taught us. So that's yeah. Bring it up with the queen. I don't know. That, that's where we get it from. So. Mm-hmm. He said the queen. Mm-hmm. The queen. Yes. <laughs> the queen of <laughs> England. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but I'm saying, but they're all romantic languages, you know. So English, Spanish, French, they're all in, they're all romance languages. We ain't talking about German here. Well, it's coming from <laughs> it, it comes from Latin, right? So yeah, I guess. that is true. It is Latin based. See, you guys learned so much on this podcast. Not only do we talk I, about yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how we got there. I don't even know how we got there. How did we get there? I don't know how we got there. picked a bomb podcast for that. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's fine. No, no, ask us how we were doing. I should have just oh, said yeah. fine. Doing so, 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 so. Good, 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 good. good, good. <laughs>
first, because we got to talk about the obvious at this very moment, but I'm going to talk about one other thing. Sydney Portier passed Aww. away. Yes. I know, so sad. Um, I think January 6th, um, he passed. And so, sad times. Um, my family actually has a close relationship with the Portier family, actually, through the Bahamas, through my dad's side. Fun fact. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, they close. They be homies. Mm. Look at that degree of separation. Yeah. Shout out to all the work, all the all the creative works that he's contributed to, like. And he was the everything, first black, TV entertainment. He was the first black man to win an Oscar. Yep. Wow. Yeah, he was. He was in the heat of the night. In the heat <laughs> of the, the night. night. I used to watch that show. Yo, my parents love that show, and it made me think that like the whole entire world was just so racist. And I'm like, I mean, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Now that I'm an adult, I guess the world is racist. But when right. I was a kid, I was like, dang, like this is like really rough. Like, where are they? Like Mississippi or yes. wherever they were. Yeah. I'm like, so, why yeah. is everything about race, man? This is rough. I thought we like why? But we passed this like, already. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. In, the of, in the heat of the night guess who like you know the, it goes guess who's coming right. to dinner it's, yeah shout out shout out to the family shout out to the family prayers and, then, and, prayers and con- condolences yes and then of course um older news than this but still sad nonetheless we we lost uh betty white oh yes and you know so um right the, before uh, she turned 100 yeah two weeks there was an article that came out that said that she had a stroke she actually ended up dying of a stroke oh i believe yeah, yeah. Oh, so people, there's actually some uh, like on the in the web, like people were talking about. Well, technically, on a leap year, she would have oh, already yeah, had turned 100. <laughs> like, we trying it hard. God rest Betty's soul, but she's gone. Yeah, but she um, she was. I, I I didn't know much about her background, but I, I looked it up, and you know, she was really, you know, big for um, uh, for you know, advancing people of color, like within like the the arts and. Also with her uh, TV show um, that she would do, so you know she really did a lot with that. But yeah, that's that's a big loss for sure. So. Yeah, and then of course we got to talk about COVID. Why um, you always do this? But you know what? I'm only gonna. I'm not gonna go on. COVID is everywhere, people. Like I think you know that uh, if you haven't, if you want it. You can get it right now. Listen, yes. for all those people that are like, I just want me a little bit of COVID. Go out there in those streets and get the COVID because it's waiting for you. It is so contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, Go to an ER and breathe in the air. You'll be fine. You'll be like, well, you're I mean, guaranteed. You'll COVID, but yeah, you'll guarantee to get COVID. You, you're going to get it. You know, you used to be like, oh man, I hope I didn't get it from that room. Not with this, not with, not with these current strains. These current strains, like um, touch somebody, you got it. Um, it's like a oh man, what's that? World War Z. Remember World War Z? Mm-hmm. Anybody ever see that movie? Like oh, as soon as they like, oh god, it's great. Um, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> uh, just making zombies one by one. But I will give people a heads up because the one thing that has been like circulating and been like all the rage is all these home tests. Now I will say that nothing beats a good old PCR. Just for the record, y'all. So don't be out here in these streets standing next to somebody's grandma coughing and sneezing, talking about some your home test said you were negative because I don't believe you. I literally just had to test two people in my office um, 
this week and they were like, I got to wrap it and it was negative. I got this and it was negative and their results both came back positive, but they're available for people who are trying to, you know, make a quick decision about I'm very symptomatic and it gets you an answer, you know, a better answer than no test, I suppose. But the one thing you should know is that um, on, um, I got to find it, on uh, covidtest.gov starting January 19th, Mm-hmm. Uh, every home in the U.S. can order for free at home test. Yeah, they'll be free. There'll be no shipping costs. You won't need to enter a credit card number. You'll be able mm. to order them and get them because the um, Biden administration had come under fire for uh, just a lack of availability in testing. And so um, as these home tests have become all the rage and they're always sold out. So I feel like every time you see a link like, oh, there's some home tests in stock. If you didn't, you know, see it a millisecond after, then you run out. It's like trying to buy um, Jordan's off a sneakers app right now. These home tests. <laughs> um, I was just going to compare it to adult okay, tickets. <laughs> but like, right. We're trying to get them adult tickets. Yeah. Like, oh, nah, it's God. true, though. It's true. Yeah. Like, like I went to what was it? I think I went to Walgreens and I was like, yo, you got the test. He was just like, yo, we out of stock. We sold out like an hour after. He was like, we get the shipment like this week, like next week. This lady literally is like, okay, what time does your shipment come? Okay, so I'll wait outside so I could get the test. I'm like, dang. No, but the then I couldn't wait outside because I had to go to work, you know. <laughs> so I couldn't wait for the test. So I was like, well, I guess I'm I not going to get one. I can't just sit and wait outside. Well, then you can register for one, for four, and you can get them shipped um, when you go to that site. So I, let me go back to it again just to make sure yeah, everybody knows. I saw that. It is covidtest.gov, mm-hmm. and the ordering begins January 19th, which means that the system is going to crash on January 19th. So maybe you can try January right. 20th because everybody's <laughs> going to be on there trying to get these home tests. Um, now, of course, as you all know, your local health departments are still testing. You know, part of me feels like we're treating these home tests as your way to know, but you can get a good high quality PCR test through your health department, through your healthcare systems, and there are other ways to test. So just because you do not have a home test does not mean that we can't test you. Now here on behalf of all of the outpatient practitioners here's some things i would like for you not to do Mm. i would like for you not to (laughs) look up and realize you have an appointment for the management of your blood pressure but you think you have covid and so you go in and you tell the front desk i'm here for my blood pressure they see you they check you in we check your blood pressure and all these things see why you're here sit you down the doctor walks in and you go can i get a covid test y'all don't do us like that you don't have to do that okay (laughs) A lot of clinics, if you call them, they will be able to tell you how you can go about getting a test. You do not have to come in the clinic. What you have to remember is that even as some offices go virtual, there are some people that have to come in, right? Some people who have wounds or some people who are very ill, blood pressure issues, cancer follow-ups, they can't do that over the phone. And when you come in and you think that you are possibly exposed or symptomatic, or you're pretty sure you got COVID, but you need to confirm it, you, especially this particular variant, you expose the whole entire office and the patients and the staff. So if your staff gets sick, nobody's replacing it. It just becomes longer lines and more things. So 
I really hope that, you know, this public service announcement reaches someone that was probably going to make an appointment on Monday to see their doctor because they're certain that they have COVID. Um, we want you to be safe. We want to take care of you, right? We don't want you ignored. We want you taken care of. We want to get you tested, but we want to do it in a way that keeps everybody safe. And a part of that safety is being honest. And I've heard people who come up to the, like, I've heard people come up to the desk, even in our own office, and they mention that they have symptoms. And of course, the front desk is trained, as all front desks are, to say, please stop here. There's a process in place. Let me check with the staff to see how we get you tested. And I've heard their response be, next time I'm just going to lie and say no and get to the back. But when you get to the back, the, the process is the same. Like, we're not refilling your medicines, do all this kind of stuff. We're taking care of the top priority. And the top priority in that moment is, are you contagious and are you infected with covid and how do we confirm your diagnosis to make sure that we're treating you properly? Mm, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, people, it's because people are so individualistic a lot of times and only think about themselves. But, I mean, really, we got to try to protect everybody else because you want to be seen. But if you get everybody sick, guess what? Your clinic will close. And then it's going to be harder for you to get seen because there's nobody to work to take care mm -hmm. of you <laughs> and then yep. you're going to send your messages to the doctor you're like why isn't my message because there's nobody here to answer your messages <laughs> because yeah. we're so, sick you know so especially like if you if you're pretty sure you have the symptoms from covid you know fever chills body aches diarrhea feel nauseous not able to eat a whole lot you know all that you know you can just quarantine at home i would recommend that you pick up a pulse oximeter which is that little device that goes on your finger that measures your um, the level of oxygen in your blood. If that consistently stays below 90%, then you need to go into the hospital. So that is an indication. So if you show up at the hospital and your pulse ox is below 90%, then you'd be a candidate for all the treatments that we can give you in the hospital to help treat your COVID. So, you know, it's very, now we're pretty familiar with what symptoms constitute, you know, a COVID infection. And if you know you've had an exposure, but you're not feeling symptomatic as of yet, you just quarantine at home. Like you really, you know, you can go in to get the test done, you know, at any local testing center uh, for Cook County. It's the Cook County Public Department of Health. They have a listing of all the testing centers, all the verified testing centers, because we've had a problem with these random fly-by-night centers popping up and people not getting results. So make sure you go to an actual certified testing center to get that stuff done. You know, just stay at home, monitor your symptoms, pick up a pulse ox, monitor for any fevers. You can get uh, Tylenol and also uh, cough drops over the counter to help with the symptoms. And, you know, make sure you stay hydrated and continue to eat. And, you know, just wait it out. And, you know, if your pulse ox definitely dips below 90%, go into the hospital. It's simple as that. You know what? Me and my friend were talking about this. And I think testing might be harder to find in red states. Because, like, I feel like if you're in a red state, they're having a hard time finding testing sites. But in, like, blue states, like, in Cali, it's fine. Like, in New York, they're, like, on every corner. Like, I feel like the blue states have more testing sites. But some of my friends in red states, especially Texas, is going through it right now. It's hard for them to find testing sites, like, anywhere. Testing like, sites are legit. That's a problem here. Um, the, the governor said that he was going to be cracking down on, like, the unverified sites that just really just pop up overnight. I don't and even know if they have those. <laughs> yeah, no, like people, people will go into these centers and then, you know, they'll get the, they'll wait, like however long it takes to get their tests, they'll go home and they just will never receive their test results. 
And it's just oh, I'm not I'm not saying that's not a thing. I'm oh. sure that's probably is a thing, but I'm saying like from my homies in Texas, they don't even have that. Like they can't find testing sites anywhere. Oh. It's like because some people are trying to get tested to been negative to go places or do right. things or whatever, and they can't even find testing, like period. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like what? Well, you know, the part of it is is the medium. Like at one point um in the week, and we didn't run out, but at one point we were low on testing supplies, like requesting, like, hey, y'all, we're about to run out. And um, I hear that there is a in addition to like the there's a shortage of the rapid flu, like just the mm. rapid flu swabs in general, like shortage, like when they run out, we'll see y'all next season. Mm. Whoa. Okay. Not well, low like, oh, we're waiting on shipments. Low like, yeah, we're about to have a, a national shortage on these. And we just, we're going to run out of being able to test people because that's how many people have been getting tested. But like mm-hmm. like you said, Arjunono, you, you check with your Department of Health. So I, I know um, we just got an email out kind of talking about the, the sites that are open, the sites that are going to remain open over the weekend, the sites that are going to be open on MLK Day, what they can expect for the average wait time. So I thought it was, it was really well-written, like, you know, um, article or a clip. But the wait is like one to two hours. They were saying, like, please expect one or two hour waits in the line, but you can stay in your car. Uh, we're trying to get the results. Um, our Department of Health is staying open through the, the federal holiday uh, to um, get results out to people, to continue to swap people. And so... Um, That's yeah. how you know it's bad. Mm-hmm. Feds yeah. are working on the federal holiday. Right. Listen. When they were like, yeah, we'll still be right. swapping on Monday. I was like, okay. I mean, we had a record high um, yesterday. I think we we had a... Our positivity rate is a 35 point something percent right now. Mm-hmm. And um, we we set a one day record high, 19,000 uh, positives with 35 deaths uh, yesterday. Oh my God. Jesus. Our literally, we, when I say we're literally swimming, listen, the Lord loves me. If I ever doubt <laughs> the Lord when beforehand, the fact that I am not positive, there have been so many people around me, like people on my staff, people in my home, like there have been so many people that are positive and I am chilling. PCR tested and negative. Like, yes. Let's, let's so, keep it that way, please. Oh, we're back in N95s in the office and shields. I always had my shield because I just didn't trust, like, people were, you know, folks were, like, kind of looking like, wow, you still wear your shield? I have never um, stopped wearing my shield only because particularly here in the, in, in, the, in the South, I don't know what the experience is Midwest or West Coast. We kind of told everybody, like, yeah, you know, masks kind of optional, you know, often in the South, except for when you come into certain facilities like healthcare facilities. But in that case, for a minute, they could wear cloth masks. Mm. And some of these masks, I'm like, you just breathing on me. Like, I, I that, that's not a thing. And of course, you know, the numbers were low, so people were cool. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep my mask on because, you know, the, the seasons change. Everybody's got, you know, ear pain. Oh, I'm so congested. You still got to look in their ears. So I kept my shield on and I probably kept it on. And then we switched back to the N95s um, last week. So I think I put it on early enough that about three days, three days after I started wearing my N95 with my shield, the first MA went down with COVID and then the next person went down with COVID. And I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. At this point, y'all, the cloth mask, you know, you need to upgrade it. So if you can get your hands on a KN95, I just ordered a shipment of 50 from Amazon. It was maybe like 12 bucks. 
um, you know, those typically, you know, have better filtration for, you know, protecting you against the virus. So, you know, the cloth masks aren't, aren't cutting it anymore. So you, you really need to go upgrade that. And, um, you know, it, you know, the face shields, if you're, if you're out in public and like in crowded places, fine. Um, but for sure, you know, the KN95s, the N95s are typically still reserved for healthcare workers. Um, so if you're able to pick your hands up on the KN one, then that would be preferable than just a regular cloth mask. So, and no bandanas, please. We're, we're over that. So. Oh, no, oh man, that list here. of things. Because I because I flew recently, man, that list of the type of masks that they don't accept on airplanes has gotten so long. I'm like, who's even doing this stuff? It's like the airlines are like, no bandanas, no like neck, like the mm-hmm. like I oh, guess the neck bicycle gators. riders, yeah. like, like the neck gaiters, like no neck gaiters, no bandanas, no this. It was the list was so long. I'm like, damn. Oh. And then the mask with are... the little filter thing on the end, those don't work. So you can just throw those out. Um, so yeah. It's a hot mess, I swear. But we knew that, right? We knew that those did not work. Yeah, because at the at the end of the day, they were just like, it's better to have something than nothing. You know? Right. In the very so, beginning, yeah, mm-hmm. when we were, had that shortage of the mask and when it first started, like they were just like, whatever you can get your hands on to cover your face, like that, just do it. We're right back where we started. Yeah. Ain't we? Mm. I mean, ground zero. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Our topic for the day is going to be about confidentiality. Yay. I won't tell. Your secrets, <laughs> cause your secrets are safe for me. me. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Also, also known as mind your business, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so I chose to do this one because mainly because I had some extra time last weekend and I was like sketching up on sports and stuff, and I'm tired of people using medicine and confidentiality like in the wrong respect. I feel like people don't really know the rules or they'd be making up rules and like <laughs> thinking like rules and exceptions and things can happen. So like it came up in the sports world and then it came up again when I was watching Insecure with like Molly just adding herself onto someone's like list, like, oh, I wanna be but do y'all remember oh, that episode? Yes. When, she, when, when Molly's when mom, mom was in the hospital yeah. and she go up to the nurse like, you need to add me on the list of people to contact about decisions and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not how that works. That's not <laughs> how this works. That's not how this works. Do y'all know what med- like medical history, confidentiality, I don't think people really know the rules. And I feel like it comes up a lot. And then you always get a family member asking something. You're like, look, this is your mother's medical history. And she didn't say that you're allowed to know any of this. So I can't tell you that. Like, what do y'all not like? So listen, we're going to have an open, honest conversation just about confidentiality. So when I talk about confidentiality, I'm basically the main thing I'm talking about is that as a physician, we have patients and there's a doctor patient confidentiality. So you know, when we become doctors and we get our license, like we have a duty to the patient where the patient's information, their whole, all their health information is private. And by private, we mean that the only people that really know this patient's health information is of course the patient and, you know, people that we use for billing, which would be like the insurance companies and things like that. Cause they have to know what we're charging for. But aside from that, all of their health information is private. And then if that patient decides that they want to share their health information with someone else, 
they can verbally tell me and I can write it in their chart or we can get it in writing and we can scan it into the chart. Otherwise, your health information is is private. The reason why this comes up a lot is because number one, there are exceptions to this rule, which I'll go over. Number two, we frequently have family members, close friends who are trying to bug the doctor and tap into their friend's medical record, tap into their mama's files, ask about this. Ooh, who's in this? Who get like, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's, I think it's something that comes up really often and the lines are so blurred that I think that especially in the age of COVID and especially in the age of like, you know, the baby boomer generation's getting older. They have lots of concerned kids who keep asking doctors about this stuff. And I'm like, this is none of your business and you're not listed. So we can't do this. So have you guys been encountering this more often over the last two years than previously or not? Yes. And listen, I know that your mother is 85. She doesn't want you in her business. <laughs> because the, you know, and it's, it's like the 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 like the adult children are concerned. It's not that you know the concerns aren't real, but you know, mom is you know mid seventies or mom and dad mid seventies, early eighties. They're getting older. Stuff is happening. It's not quite adding up. You're realizing they're not as young as they used to be. And sometimes the kids are calling like, but that's my mom or that's my dad, and I need to know. I just want y'all to know that when I'm in the room with them, and I'm like, yo. Your, your kids are calling what do you want me to say they be straight up serious like nothing <laughs> tell them nothing you want your daughter to come in she's in the um she's in the lobby no not really i don't want her to come in Mm-mm, i don't need them problems now of course what yeah like because they because now especially now when like their parents are getting older and they're concerned about them driving and we have so many accidents in south carolina so it's always something but like every like it's it's not it's, it happens often where somebody's in the lobby and and I'm like trying to explain something complicated and you kind of tell that they're listening, but it's going over their head. And so I'm like, man, you're going to try to take this back to your, your family. It's going to be confusing. And I'm like, well, do you want me to call your family member and bring them in and explain? They're like, Mm-mm. nope. <laughs> so they're saying no. So you need to ask your family members first, like, what is it that you want me to know? Or how do you want me to go about making sure that you're taken care of? I'm happy. It's happening all the time in my office. The The problem is that, you know, a lot of times the children, so of this 85-year-old mother that you're talking about, a lot of times their children get offended if you tell them that like, hey, you know, like you're not listed on here. Mm-hmm. I can't share this with you. They get offended because it's one, a conversation they haven't had with their mother. Right. And then two, it sounds like whenever the families have had the conversation on the side, it didn't go the way that the child wanted it to go. Mind you, by child, I mean someone that's like in their fifties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. When I say, when right. I say child, right. Right? right. Cause you know, you are the child of this 85 year old woman, but at the same time, you have to respect their wishes, which is also something that we are trained to do as physicians. I'm supposed to respect your wishes because you've you're in a, your right state of mind. You have the capacity to make decisions, and you've been very clear about what you want. So we have to honor that, right. and it creates sometimes it creates a a tension between families, mm-hmm. which is something that we have to navigate as well. Yeah, especially when they're calling. Or if they, you know, or if they show up saying, hey, you saw someone and it's not the actual encounter, because that's what happens too, right? That, you know, people, and it, and, and I'm not going to pick on seniors. Seniors, get, you know, are easy target because 
somebody's always concerned about them, like the tables have turned and now children think they need to be, you know, severely concerned about their parents. Listen, it's it's blessed to be loved on, but, you know, sometimes that's just what it is. But um, they call and say, I don't understand what my loved one is telling me. So can you tell it to me so it makes sense? And you're like, you're not on their list of people that we've got permission to talk to. So no, I cannot. And it, yep. it frustrates them. So for most people, one of the first things you need to do is ask your family member, like, who has permission to call? Um, yep. And, and have that person call, right? Because they mm-hmm. put people on there for a reason. Like, your, you know, parents in particular may be older, but they know y'all. So they know who they wanted to call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it also happens with um, spouses, too, because, you know, you can mm-hmm. have, have a patient and you see both the both you know husband and wife right and they seem to get along just fine and then the wife talks to you on her other point she's like yeah i don't want my husband knowing my stuff you're like oh okay so because she doesn't want them to know then guess what i can't i can't tell them anything you know and it also goes for like teenagers as well like if they want to like you know talk about like maybe some things some things that they don't want their parents to know birth control yeah the teenagers I don't have to tell them yeah that's the big one the teenagers, teenagers are a big one are a big one because if they want to talk about birth control they don't want their parents to know they want a pregnancy mm-hmm. test like i can do it but i will encourage them to tell their parents but i cannot tell them <laughs> you know full-on arguments on the floors with like you know these randoms showing up like asking you know stuff about their you know cousin twice thrice removed and i'm like who are you it's crazy and i'm sure you have issues like especially with dealing with like end of life care and knowing oh. who is the family member to like talk about who's the power of attorney you can talk and make decisions and then you have to deal with the whole family and they're like this family member's like oh but she said this and he said that and you're like uh <laughs> I mean, in Illinois, in Illinois, there's, you know, there's a hierarchy of, you know, people that we would have to talk to if someone has not already designated a power of attorney. So that's someone that would be making the health decisions for you if you are unable to do so and are in a state, you know, where you're unable to make those decisions for yourself. Uh, So in Illinois, there's a whole hierarchy for that. So if you haven't, you know, picked anyone or told us about anyone that would, you know, be making those decisions on your behalf. And we automatically go to that hierarchy and we just keep going down, you know, until, you know, we're able to find someone that's able to, you know, make those decisions for you. So yes, you know, to avoid, you know, another episode of Maury on the floors, (laughs) I highly recommend you guys have that discussion with your folks before it even, you know, even just in casual conversation, you know, at home, you're trying to like get stuff, you know, affairs in order, just have that talk and be like, you know what, mom, dad, if something did happen to you, you know, who would you want, you know, out of us to, you know, have that power to make decisions for you? Like if you're, you know, knocked out, you had a stroke, unable to talk, blah, 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 you know, who would you want to to do that for you? And, you know, they'll, they'll be able to tell you right away, you know, and that's not something you need to wait on, you know, with the current climate of things, you know, as they are, you know, it's better to have that stuff already set up so that when you do, when that situation does come through, you know, there's no, there's no guessing, there's no, you know, weird 
family strife and, you know, arguments and, you know, estranges, estranged relationships coming into the picture and all that stuff. Just have that, just have the conversation, sign the paper and we're on our way. That's, that's it. Enter in the good old AWV because we have this conversation all the time. It, it, it's one of the um, the annual wellness visits are are great because you get you get the, it's your Medicare patients, of course. But one of the things in the survey is do you have an advanced directive or a power of attorney just to make sure some of the paperwork is in place? So we this is more getting into execution, less confidentiality, but it at least gives me it's a good opportunity for me to talk about. Do you know who who you want knowing your business or have you made sure everybody's there? And so most of my patients crack up because I'm like, listen, you'd be surprised who's going to show up to prove their love. Yeah. <laughs> and and on top of that, also to your previous point, Amy Joe, it's not always the older people either. Especially when I was practicing in Chicago, I had this one girl come in. I was talking to her. We're talking about STD checks and stuff like that. She's like, so Dr. Sunshine, um, you also saw my boyfriend last week. I know you did because he told me. <laughs> did he test positive for chlamydia? Ooh, and I was like, oh, we that's can't we, can't, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. We can't Mm-mm. do that. I'm like, I'm Woo! sorry. We can't do that. She's like, but you saw him, right? I'm like, I saw him. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. He's I saw him for an appointment last week, but you should talk to him about his own test result. I'm like, I'm not doing this with you. Uh-uh. Girl, what? could you imagine? Um, could you imagine? Cause Listen. She, cause, Cause she low key, she low key was like. She's like, well, because she she was on the tip of like, well, he's the only person I've been with. So if he negative, then I actually don't even need an STD screen. I'm like, yes, they love I'm like, to be honest, mm-hmm. so- I'm like, to, to, to be honest, I'm like, you need your own STD screen. One, because you're due. Two, because you're clearly with someone who you who you don't even think is 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 even 100 percent in this situation. So you just need an STD check, girl. In fact, so, I already ordered it. I already ordered it. Just, just, mm-hmm. just, just go around the corner. Just go. So legit, I had, I had experience kind of like that, but it, it was, it was bad. Like, um, a girl came in, uh, you know, we were back in Inglewood, came in, got her test. She tested positive for chlamydia. So, you know, I went in to go tell her, and she's like, "Really? You know, because I haven't had any symptoms, and you know, I've been with this guy for like well over a year. So how could have I, I've gotten it?" So I just I stayed silent. That's the least transmitted disease. That's all I can tell you. I mean, I was like, ma'am, the only way you can get this is through sex. So um <laughs> if y'all can see no no's face right now, she's like, so No, but then not, no, but not, then you look not. so I was looking at her and kind of seeing her reaction. I'm like, so ma'am, this is a sexually transmitted disease with the emphasis on sex. So I, I just kind of took I took a little a little minute. You know, the kind of, you know, you could see the wheels kind of turning in her head. And she was like, oh, shit. And apparently <laughs> her boyfriend was sitting out in the waiting room. Oh, it's about to so go down. Like, mm. So she was like, you know what? We're done. And she walked out and started, it screamed at him out in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. I think I remember this. I was in the room. I came out. It was over. But I was sad that I missed him. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Confidentiality out the window. Ooh. Not a whole lobby in y'all business. No, I did not say anything. She put the she put the pieces together. I'm just like, ma'am, y'all gotta have a talk. So, and she did. So um, the moral and of the, the entire story, clinic hurt. 
The moral of the story is Dr. Nono did not violate the confidentiality rule. Right. <laughs> right. It was not her. Right. right. It was not her. Right. We can't just be, y'all, we can't just be telling anybody your business. I'm like, not even, first of all, it's bad medicine. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, that part, that shouldn't even be first. Number first is that it's actually a violation of our license and we can be sued in malpractice. So that's actually, that actually should be number right. one. But, um, but it's also it's bad, bad medicine medicine. because yeah. there's it's things that medicine. come up. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. The, some people need a moment to process things sometimes, right? Like everything, everything, whether, whether you're a teenager, a senior, somewhere in between, I think there's always something that comes up if it impacts your health that you need the right to have a moment to process it yourself mm-hmm. and not be afraid that somebody else can, you know, intrude, you know, intercept the information and then, interfere with how you've decided you need to proceed with your health care. And so um I I it it's getting it gets hard, I feel like as family medicine because you often are seeing the whole crew and right. they get so comfortable that mm-hmm. they start um everything's the same, right? They start treating it like if you're mm-hmm. talking to one of us, you're talking to all of us, right? You, you call somebody to deliver their results and somebody's in the back. Who's that? Who's that? There's a doctor. Hey doc. Hey doc. Listen, remember when I was asking you about such, such, you're like, no, I don't, I, I just mm. like, I oh, know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> because I'm trying to keep everything separate and it's fine that y'all are comfortable with knowing things, but something's going to come up, right? Something's mm-hmm. going to come up, whether it be always abnormal mammogram, right? Mm-hmm. Like some women get some normal mammogram and even it turns out not to be nothing in the beginning. She does not maybe want to immediately tell husband, mom, in-laws, children, anything like that. And so I am always assuming that you don't want anyone to know. And if you want someone to know, you will tell them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to uphold these confidentiality um, rules because like, just like if you go and you get a lawyer, right? Like what is, what if, you know, you need to be defended from her and you gotta, you gotta talk to your lawyer. Like your lawyer is bound by the law to keep whatever you say, privileged information. Like they can't, they can't say anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they have that trust is so that you can talk to them so they can help you. Right. And it's the same. It's the same kind of concept with the doctor and the patient. Like we yep. got to We got to put that trust in there so you can tell me. Because the thing is, a lot of times, like if you don't trust your doctor to tell your doctor what's going on, they can't really help you that well. Right. But if you can trust them to tell them, like, listen, this is what's going on. Then it's like, all right, here's what we got to do. We can come up with a better yep. plan and help you and, you know, maybe save your life. Right? Mm-hmm. I so I, I think Dr. Sunshine is probably going to get to this, but there's very, very rare chances where we have to break that confidentiality. Yep. You're correct. I'm going to get to it. But if you got one off the top of your head, you can go. You can, fi- you can fire it off. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, in the in the case where we may when we have to break confidentiality is where you have determined that you are a danger to yourself or to another person. So, like, yep. typically in the case of like you know for psychiatric reasons, if you come to me in you know in clinic or in the hospital and you say, "Oh, doc, you know, I," well, you want to say that casually, but. You know, I was I had thoughts of wanting to kill myself. Um, so that is something where we would need to break confidentiality and get you in to get treated. 
Um, that is not something that, you know, if you, if you tell us that in confidence, you know, that's, you know, that's great. You know, you're, you're coming to us with that information, but that is something where you are a danger to yourself and that we need to intervene quickly. So that is one, one example of where we would need to break that confidentiality. Mm-hmm. And the Tarasoff decision is actually, um, if you, you guys can Google it if you want, but that's also like if you're a danger to other people. So if you confide in us that you want to go out and kill somebody else and you say, I want to go kill Mary Brown on the corner of third and first Avenue. We're, we're also, we're also at, in a position where we're obligated to report that because we have the interest of the victim, you know, that we have to consider. So if you're going to harm yourself or harm other people, then we have to tell someone in order to try to prevent that. Because if we don't tell anyone and you actually do kill that person, then when we were privy to that information beforehand, then we are also held liable. So that's also another reason why we would also break um, confidentiality. The big, another huge reason, which is literally what we're dealing with right now, which is why this topic even came to my mind in the first place, is in terms of public health, we can violate all types of HIPAA and everything on behalf of public health. Let me explain what that means. So if... So, for example, if you come down with a condition that is a threat to the public health of everybody around you, it's already going to get reported. Like the federal government is aware. They're aware of every person who is HIV positive, who has, we have a list, syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia. As soon as you test positive, they send that off to the health department, which is connected to the feds. And that's considered like a public health threat. Now, mind you, in the office, like we talk to you and we say, hey, we encourage you to tell your sexual partners that you have HIV. And usually we follow up with you and be like, hey, you did tell your partners that you have HIV, right? Like we're supposed to follow up. And if you don't, then we are obligated to tell them. Or if we don't, someone from the health department will contact you, the doctor, and be like, did you, did you do your due diligence? Mm-hmm. So there's a list of reportable diseases. And as it pertains to COVID, because I remember a lot of NBA players were like, why do I got to tell people if I got COVID? That's none of their business. Blah, blah. I'm like, listen. When it comes to things involving public health, stuff like COVID, tuberculosis, which is airborne, travels in the air, you got to tell, we need to know that information, as in physicians need to know, public health departments need to know, public health officials need to know, because you are literally a threat to everyone around you. And that's why this debate has hit the news and everybody's like, oh, but my health information, it's private, it's private. I'm like, it's private to a degree. Because if you have a condition that is threatening everyone around you, now it's a public health crisis. That's 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 how that works. And, you know, and I tell people all the time, you, the average layman has been interested in healthcare and all the many nuances of it from a very superficial standpoint. Can I show up every now and then to a doctor's office, ask them for medicine, and will they give it to me? And I feel better. That's generally how, what people think is the the start and the finish of it. And when you get into these things, like these public health things, I don't think people realize that well before COVID, let's say somebody was infected with tuberculosis and we couldn't we couldn't find you to treat you, which is highly contagious and and very serious, right? Before COVID. TB was the one thing that would get everybody whipping their N95 mask out and putting you in a positive pressure room. So somebody's got TB, we walk in with the hazmat suits on like, oh, no, you got TB. We can't fool with you. (laughs) If for some reason you get to go home and you don't report for your treatment, we can send the Department of Health to your home 
to watch you take your medications and also to monitor that you stay isolated until you've been effectively treated. That's not new. You know, everybody's quoting these random, you know, sites, you know, everybody's become a public health expert, you know, quasi physician (laughs) and quoting the, you know, everybody's lawyer, doctor, public health, you know, the public health defender and everything. And they're like, well, no, you can't do that because the court too, such and such like, yes, you can. We've been doing it all the time. It's, it's always been there, right? We can force you to get treated. We can force you to get treated for a syphilis. We can force you to get treated for a TB. Yeah. They can force mm-hmm. you to stay in the house. You know, it, it's always been a part of it because we've been trying to protect the health of the community. That's not, that's not new for some, but so the fact that everybody's shocked or that they are trying to, you know, do the most aggressive Google search to explain why their rights have been violated means that you really don't understand the healthcare system in the United States or the, the whole concept behind public health as an entity, a policy and as an execution. Oh no, like this whole argument that, Oh, you're infringing upon my rights, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, Oh, I got COVID. I can do what I want. Like, no, no, technically you can't. You know, because the the health of the public good comes before, you know, what you what you think. And if you have a very contagious disease that can affect, infect a a large majority of people and can actually kill a couple of those people, then, yes, we need to step in and intervene and prevent you from spreading that disease. And you know what I thought was crazy? So last year when COVID, not even last year, oh, Lord, we've been doing this for so long, 2020. (laughs) I know 2020 when COVID first started and I left my job was in the health core. And part of what I was doing was contact tracing and like contacting these people, telling them they were positive, getting their contacts and stuff and calling the contacts to be like, yo, you've been exposed, all this stuff. Like lots of people who are positive were like upset. They're like, why are you, why do you, how do you know that I'm positive? I'm like, this is the health department. I'm like, yeah, I know that you're positive and I have your number. It's in the system. We got it from the hospital that you were at where you tested positive. This is all... Because you know, they're like, well, why do you have my information? Why are you tapping it? This is my privacy. I'm like, it's not. Y'all. But it's not. I'm like, look, y'all, <laughs> this this is a highly contagious condition that the public health department is trying to limit exposure to the greater population, which, by the way, two years in, I mean, we're not doing a great job. Mm-hmm. But back in 2020, it's like it's all these people that were like, when you call them, to ask them about their symptoms and who they've been around, they're pissed that you even have their information and that you called them. Yep. And I'm like, and you have to explain to them how this system works. I'm like, there are a list of conditions that are threats to the public health of the people of the United States of America. And guess what? You got one of them. You got one of them. It's on this list. And it's my job to call you to tell you that you have it. And I got to track down all the rest of these people who might also have it. This is how it goes. Yeah, I don't. That's I don't not even a violation. Under, That's not a violation of your HIPAA. It's not a violation. I don't even understand because if you say something and they think you a terrorist, man, they be at your door before you even know it. Okay, <laughs> no, everything you're talking about. <laughs> so why you? Why? I don't understand why you thought anything would be different. Like, so I feel- it's a lot of my health, my privacy, my this. I'm like, so I find myself in addition to trying to do my job and examine all these COVID positive people and trace all this stuff. So in addition to me doing my job, I'm repeatedly explaining how this system works because people don't know. I don't think people so care. Like- I, I don't think people care about the system. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think people care about being right at this very moment like uh yeah yeah yeah. that may be how the system works but i feel like this is how it should go yeah so i am gonna now go and find some youtube video or some 
some blog or something that uh, articulates it eloquently in the in the way I think about it. And then I'm going to use that because it sounds real official and say, well, based on what I've learned, you know, this is X, Y, Z. Um, and we're selective, right? When we want people to tell it or not. When, you know, when we, we find a case of somebody, you know, intentionally infecting people with HIV, mm. nobody cares that we crack down on that. Mm. Well, there's always somebody kids. There's always people like you shouldn't have had sex with them anyway. But we kind of understand we crack down on people with HIV. Or remember when syphilis was developing a resistance to the medication until mm. we were cracking down on that. Like mm. you know, we do this all the time, and it's it's only because you know this is not sustainable. Now we were making people shelter in place for 21 days and and saying like this is what you got to do in 14 days. And everybody was like, that's too long. The economy, we got to get people back. Now the CDC have been like, okay, y'all can go back five days. And everybody's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I think, you know, like if we had the opportunity earlier on, right, when we had less variants to really, you know, do contact tracing appropriately and really have the opportunity to talk to people like, Maybe this would look, um, maybe this would look differently, you know, um, maybe it, well, the numbers wouldn't be so high. I don't think we would have presented, prevented spikes because we look at the numbers in China and other places where they have really strict policies and they still have some spikes, but when they go flat, oh my gosh, they go so flat. Like their numbers drop down to something uh, amazing. They're not, you know, you know, they're not immune to it, but you know. But that's COVID. So I don't yeah. want to make this completely about COVID because it's about confidentiality. But you bring up interesting points about public health that I don't think people really understand. And then not even yeah. with that. So, I mean, as you can tell, like with all the episodes we talked about, we always kind of link this back to like movies or shows that we watch. So I feel like this whole pandemic, if you guys, you guys remember that movie Outbreak? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outbreak was Yes. So I feel like we're living in an actual, it's actual outbreak. Um, granted, we, we're not going to nuke the entire U.S. because that would be bad. But essentially, like that, the, the contact... <laughs> Dr. Chris is like, uh, yeah, <laughs> why not? We can't do it, Chris. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it's we, a violation yeah. of our rights, okay? Of course not. I'm, of course, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't have rights if we're dead, so there's, there's also that. But, I mean, essentially, the contact tracing that they were doing in the beginning of that movie, they're trying to kind of go back to patient zero, trying to find the source of the outbreak. They did it in the span of an hour and a half movie, which takes a lot longer than that in real life. But essentially that is what, you know, we do in public health to try and locate the source of whatever caused the outbreak. And if we need to do it, the way that we do that is that we, we interview different people. We uh, trace back to, we talk to patients in the hospital, see kind of where they went, who they interacted with. And we draw like a web to see where, how we can locate and, you know, narrow down where this virus started so that's with any that's with any contagion that we and that's another movie any contagion that we <laughs> deal with <laughs> that was a good one though that was actually a good one but um that's also with any sort of uh, virus or whatever infection that kind of has an outbreak in the community we have to talk to you and there's levels of uh, confidentiality that we have to go through in order to um not kind of locate and pinpoint the source of where the started so that we can treat it and that everyone can go back to their normal lives. So we may have to do lockdowns like what they did. We may have to interview. We may have to go talk to your family, to your workplace, to, you know, 
all of that in order to your, find out your sexual partners your sexual partners that's a huge one so it's not it's not us trying to again it's not us trying to be noise nosy we are literally trying to stop this in its tracks so that it doesn't go out and infect the a larger community um and then we have a bigger a much bigger problem that we need to deal with and y'all this is not like an arbitrary list that we just do whenever we feel like it like literally your public health department like if you go and you just Google list of reportable things, like list of things that we need to like violate confidentiality for, there's a structured list and it contains all types of infectious stuff. I'm talking like even when a restaurant has like a salmonella outbreak, mm -hmm. they're supposed to tell you, you're supposed to hear about that on the news. It's supposed to be posted. Like there's things that are just, you know, confidentiality like does not apply here because it's a public health concern. So listen, there's a, there's a long list. We've only talked about maybe like five on here, but just know that that is a section of when we would break confidentiality. That is one of the bullet points on this list. You I almost, do, you know, I almost want to change the terminology because we keep saying when we will violate, you know, confidentiality. And I don't want that to make it sound like I'm picking up the phone and be like, hey girl, Judy there. Okay. All right. You know, Bobby, <laughs> girl, he got HIV. <laughs> yes, girl. I could not believe it either. It just came in. Hey, let everybody in the office know that he, uh, he positive. It, it's not like that. So, <laughs> no. you know, because it feels like, oh, y'all going to gonna tell my business. That's not how it happens. It's just that it can be reported. And even reporting it, keep in mind, gets reported in a very safe and secure way because you can um, send it electronically. Like everybody's got an electronic, you know, system where you can send like protected information. Um, there's a way to to do these reports. And there is still requirements on both parties. Um the healthcare facility that obtained the information and then the Department of Health that retrieved it. HIPAA still applies. There's still, there's still protection of your personal um, health information. Uh, we still protect that, but it's just that it can be passed on, right? For the most part, anything that happens between, you know, me as your physician and you as the patient should stay there. Obviously I can type the notes. I can do all those things. Um, but that's where, it, that's where it stays. And if somebody gains access to your chart they're gaining access to your chart because it's medically necessary no one else can obtain it but when i pass it along i'm still passing it in a safe way it's just that you have to know that i that is one time where i can pass along your information your labs your vitals who you are your date of birth how i obtain the information um but you know uh i'm gonna get the Dr. Sunshine can help me out this day. I just thought about that. You know, there's a newer component that got added to confidentiality. It has nothing to do with me, the physician. It's the fact that now in medical record systems, the, the consumer, the patient themselves have full access to their medical records. Listen here, it's not my fault. If you, you didn't keyed in your password to your phone and now someone knows and then gets to your, to your my chart or your whatever. And yes, now, your my chart on your phone has become really a gold mine because not only can they see your medicines and all this kind of stuff, the federal regulations changed and said that if we write a note, you should have access to that note. That was not always the case. Most time you had access to the visit summary, which is really documented for somebody to consume so they understood everything we did. You could always request your medical records and we would send them to you, but we didn't automatically just send them out. Now, once that note is done, it's automatically sent to you as access. So you now yep. have your own personal responsibility to manage your healthcare information, which is very different 
than it was five years ago where we were the only person responsible for it. So your confidentiality is no longer just on me. You now have access to every single note that's typed. And should you give someone access inadvertently? Well, they're going to know everything. Yep. If they know your passcode or they're in your phone trying to look for photos and they click on the little icon that show health information on accident. Next thing you know, they reading about your whole office visit. Yep. The and actual a, note. You can read the actual another note. thing too. Like um, if you have like, let's say some mental health disease or you're seeing a psychologist or something, sometimes they make that visit private. And for us to access it, we have to do, which I'm, I'm sure Amy Joe and glass. talked about before, break the glass in order for us to see it. Because even though we are the the physician on file, but if it's not privy to or doesn't doesn't go to what we're trying to your overall health, we mm-hmm. have to we don't really have access to it. We have to do something, put our ID to show that we need to get into this information and do understand that they monitor what we do. Mm-hmm. So like if we are in a chart that we're not supposed to be in, we get dinged for that. So we can only go into a chart that can see it. we can, we're, we're the ones that are doing some type of care for the patient. But if we're not, mm-hmm. if we're not caring for you or you're not our patient, we're not allowed to go into your record. So if let's say, you know, you see the whole family and they're like, oh, can you look at my sister's chart to see? Mm-mm. No, it's no, not. Man. And even if I am their, their doctor and I can have access to their chart, I can't tell you what is in their chart, you know? So I work really hard at not remembering the connections. Like <laughs> when I'm in the room right. <laughs> I, and they'd be like, well, you saw my cousin. I'd be like, I don't know who your cousin is. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I have no idea who you're talking about. They'd be like, Sarah, I'd be like, oh yeah. No, I'm, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. It. Cause I say, I say yes, but I don't really much. remember. I say yes, but I don't really remember. Mm-mm. I said, oh, I okay, well, thank you for the referral. I appreciate that. Now I'm here for I feel like I feel like I feel like Meek Mill. There's there's levels to this. <laughs> there's levels to all of this. But uh, but I'm just trying to get the word out to you guys that there are reasons why. You know, if you're wondering why something happened, that's why it did. There's another one here that I really want to highlight that um, we haven't talked about yet, and that's also if we see a patient and we have a high um, suspicion for child abuse, child neglect, or mm-hmm. elder mm-hmm. abuse or elder neglect then we are also supposed to report that as well. And those situations can get a little dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, anything with children can has a potential to, to get dicey, especially with child abuse and reporting that to Child Protective Services and stuff like that. So that's another thing that we would report. And like Amy Jo just said, it's not like we like we're like gossiping to our homegirls about what happened today. It's literally like, this is when the health information might leave outside of between you and I, patient to doctor. Yeah. It gets shared with another, you know, another professional institution that is not between the two of us. Um, there's also two other exceptions, but I'm just kind of putting these as little caveats because it depends on what state you work in and what state you like live in. So one of them is that if you work in an emergency room and if someone comes in with a gunshot wounds or knife wounds, in some states you do have to notify the police. Um, in other states you don't. Depends on what state you work in. I don't have that list, but just throwing it out there. Um, if you're the type to get into that type of trouble, maybe you should Google it and you can find out. I don't, I, don't, I don't know which states those are. But in certain states, if you're a patient and you come into the ER with a gunshot wound, a lot of times they have to ask you certain questions and then they have to get the police involved, depending on your state. And then the last one is um, state by state for impaired driving. 
So basically, if you, for example, if you have a patient that you know has like, a, they have seizures and they're not supposed to drive. And then the patient in the visit tells you like, oh, well, yeah, I'm driving. I drive all the time. So sometimes, depending on what state you're in as the doctor, you're supposed to report that to the local DMV. You're supposed to report that to the local police department. And they are supposed to take their license away because if you have seizures, you're not supposed to be driving, that kind of thing. Changes state by state. Um, and that's it for my list. So ultimately, I'm here to let you know that whatever you say in the doctor's office stays between me and you. Every now and then in certain situations, you know, stuff might come up where it doesn't just stay between me and you. Your information gets shared to some professional institution, maybe a public health department, maybe, you know, a child protective services, maybe, you know, hospital systems and things. So, yeah. Oh, we That's forgot one more. We can talk Which about one? your cases from 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 one to the next if you scrub it of identifying information. Right. Um, so mm, mm-hmm. that's something people need to know because and talk about it as the facts, right? 32 year old female that has a cough that I can't fix. Here are all the things that happen. Here are all these things. We can talk about um, patients in that way as long as you don't identify. So, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll watch shows, you'll watch, you know, things and, and they'll be talking, you know, doctors will be talking about their personal experience. And sometimes you won't even hear them drop the gender or, or anything like that. And so um, that's just a way You're to correct. talk about medicine without, you know, exposing whom, what, when, and all those things. And so um, there are always ways that we still talk about medicine, even if we're not talking about you specifically. Yeah. We're not like Georgia Jackson, whose birthday is, you know, September the 3rd of 1956. She came in saying that she had a cough. That's not how it goes. We take, we take everything personal out of it and keep it strictly to the medicine, you know, to discuss with other physicians. So Mm -hmm. That was great. So, yeah, if you guys want to know any more information about this, if anything we said was confusing, you can, of course, send us a question. We'll be happy to answer it because as things like this come up, you know, people end up in certain situations, you know, or if you're the Molly of your family and your mama had a stroke and you in the hospital talking about some, I want to be added to the list of people who (laughs) need to tell information to. I'm here to let you know that that scene in Insecure is not how it actually goes in the hospital. They're going to go and then talk to because, oh, my gosh. That's a perfect example of what Nono was talking about. So if you have a patient who came in out of nowhere, can't communicate, there's like a there's like a, a structured, you know, set of people that we go to. So the first one is always your spouse. Mm-hmm. Like your spouse is number one. After your spouse, it's adult children. After adult children, it's the parents. After parents, it's your adult siblings. So there's like a specific, like if if the person doesn't have a will, doesn't have anything in place, this is the order that we go to in terms of who's the decision-making party. And in Molly's case with her mom, her mom had a stroke. I guess there was nothing in place or they didn't finish it, remember, because she had a stroke. So then spouse is the first person and the spouse is the pinpoint person. Molly's considered an adult child, but she would come after the spouse. So for Molly to walk up in there, talk about some, you need to tell me this and this and this and this, I'd be like, Simmer. But if Molly should talk to the her dad, and their dad should have added her to the list of people that you can correct verbal information with. Correct. Correct. Exactly. And it definitely so would be done through the nurse. Brother. Like you wouldn't go to the nurse's station to say, "Hey, make sure you add me to the list because you know I need to know." Mm-hmm. The nurse is not going to be able to to do that. Um, 
the physician is going to have to figure out, okay, who is the, you know, who was the POA? Especially a county nurse, especially a county nurse. They'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Right. They love saying no to everything. You need to talk to the doctor. <laughs> and they the doctor. You want me to page him? You want me to page him? They'll page us. <laughs> right. They need a diet. It's two in the morning, but we're going to need a diet. Anyway. <laughs> Doctor, somebody family snuck in here. They want to. They got questions. It's two a.m. though. They yeah, they got questions. What they family member doing? Oh, they sleep. They just sitting out the room. They got questions. How you get in here? The day team, not the night team. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, y'all, I'm done. I'm done. Questions. Who got Chris, the questions? I got the question. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, that was hey. that was mine. That's it. That's all I got, y'all. All right. <laughs> so, you think we got time for two questions? Maybe mm, we'll see. You can we'll do as see. many we'll as you see. want. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. So, first question. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hey. How can you tell hey. the difference between a chlamydia infection and a gonorrhea infection? The swab. Yes. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty easy. Yes. Amy she said, that's why. That's it. Well, they that's present what? pretty much that's a lot in the same way. It's really hard to say. If you're wondering if you have anything, you should just go into the right. office and get a swab. Right. Yo. Just go. That, yeah. yeah. It all needs to be treated. Yeah. You can't all look at it and be like, oh, that's a solid chlamydia right there. Right. There's no way to know. We don't know. Was she trying to maybe maybe she trying to diagnose herself and then write a message to the doctor so she didn't got right. no appointment? You'd be like, "Hey, doctor, I heard that if it's this, one, this, it's this, it's probably gonorrhea. So can you just send me the treatment? No, <laughs> and we need to know. We yes. need to know because it's gonna change how we treat you, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between uh, a treatment for chlamydia and a treatment for gonorrhea. If you have gonorrhea. We have to treat you for both chlamydia and gonorrhea, regardless if you tested positive or not. If you have chlamydia, we only have to treat you for chlamydia. And so it's important to not just say, hey, all I need is, you know, this antibiotic. Can you please send it to me? And generally speaking, you'd be hard pressed to find a doctor that would be like, oh, yeah, chlamydia, it's fine. I'll just send it over. If we're trying to rule out chlamydia and gonorrhea, then we should do it. And it's a urine sample will be just fine, right? Yeah. We don't have to swab you. You can give us urine. You can give us a lot of stuff. We need to just do that, that good, that good test. And another thing too, mm-hmm. they have changed the treatment for chlamydia. Sure so it's not a one dose treatment. It's like for what a week now. Shout out to all that azithromycin y'all keep getting uh, mm-hmm. for your for your sinus infections, your colds yep. at the urgent care, right? Now you now you prolonged your treatment. Because of you, we got resistant, you know, gonorrhea out here in these streets. I mean, chlamydia out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. So we literally, we've changed the, we've changed the treatment for some STDs because of high levels of resistance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. think about the next time you swear you need azithromycin because your nose is stuffed up. So she is referring <laughs> back to that sinus so please refer back to that okay call back call call back back. it's a call Call back back. (laughs) (laughs) because um that's very important so we got one more question okay Mm -hmm. okay hi there hello can you talk about the connection between pregnant women 
and cat litter boxes. Thanks. Oh, yes. oxoplasmosis gandhi. That's the- Stay away from them. Stay away from them. Stay away from it, yeah. Stay away. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the bug again? It's the trick or... Uh, Toxo. 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 Yeah, Toxo. 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 Oh, no, 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 already said it. See, that's how you know Chris ain't listening. I wasn't to listening. Man, that's how we do. Okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad. But you can no, no, specifically find in the poop of cats, mm-hmm. which is why the litter becomes, you know, such a big deal. And the fact that cats are rude and they will straight up put their butt cheek or butthole <laughs> on your face in the middle of the night. And if you're pregnant, you ain't got the time to be in surprise by no, uh, cat sitting on your face um but you can't touch cat poop when you're pregnant because you can transmit um uh the bacteria and it could cause some significant uh complications in pregnancy and some defects so that's the connection so if you do have cats and you love your furry pets i'm not telling you to to throw them out with the garbage but i am telling you that once you find out that you're pregnant your handling of cat litter or cat poop or the cleaning of the bottoms of cats all goes away. Like you are to not touch it in any kind of way. But don't they have those uh, cat litter things that you don't even got to touch them anymore, right? No, you still got to empty it. So the automatic cat litter box, you will need to change it. Well, I don't know. I don't really have pets, but I thought I saw the commercial and they said like, you don't have to like touch it and stuff. No, you still got to put like it goes in the bag. Yeah, I mean, oh. it still goes into the bag. Oh. And you have to like jump the bag out. So this is just another duty you can like punt off to your spouse. You know, what I mean, it's one less <laughs> thing to worry about. So yeah, tell yeah. your spouse to go change cat litter because you can't do it because you're pregnant, and that is a valid excuse. So we will agree. Spouse or partner, spouse or partner. Or partner. You probably not get a letter from yes. your doctor. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not here to force marriage on the people if that's not what you want. Oh, right. I feel you. Like and what's probably, hard is right. what's hard is that cats will finish a litter and then come hop in your bed. Right. And so that's why that is why some people, girl, I'd be like, yo, didn't I just hear you in that bathroom? Get get off my my bed, little litter box. Um, You can, um, you, you don't, it's not. So some people will get rid of their cats altogether because they're like, no, you can't be here because it's not, it's not perfectly clean. Right. Like, so, and cats are pretty clean animals. So I'm not saying that cats are, are filthy, but if you're talking about trying to avoid interacting with litter, well, you got to you got to guarantee that every time you pick your cat up, or every time they jump in your lap, or every time you pet them, or there's someplace they hadn't just finished stooling, right? And I don't know if many people kind of wash their cats because cats will, you know, they they they're very independent. So it isn't like a dog where you know when they just pooped and you can avoid them for thirty minutes until you know that everything's all clear. No, cats go off, do their business, show back up all the time. Um, and so it's, it's hard. I knew a friend when she was having children, she got rid of both of her cats. This is well before my, my um, residency years or even pre-med year or even medical school years. And then as we learned, I'm like, Oh, that's why she got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully that um, is informative for you, the listener. Because I have nothing else to add because y'all covered absolutely everything. You did.
I guess my chocolate kiss would go to oh I guess we'll go to my residency folks because I'm excited to see y'all in a few weeks um, on the <laughs> lovely <laughs> week of PR um, yeah it's been a while so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this trip so yeah yeah it's going to be exciting it's going to be exciting my um uh, my chocolate kiss it's funny. I had like two pop into my head, but I I, I don't want to do two. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I could be long winded. <laughs> my chocolate kiss. My chocolate kiss is gonna go out to two ladies in particular. I'm not gonna say their names because it doesn't really matter. But um, when I was looking at wedding venues, there are two ladies that showed me around that were like super informative and they were just very welcoming as I was looking for venues for this wedding and they answered all my questions and they were just really helpful especially in a time frame where everybody was calling out because of COVID you know same thing with hospitals same thing with hotels and venues you know they got people coming in and out with COVID and it's just it was just a really rough time to be trying to look for venues for a wedding but they were like super professional and super welcoming and I really appreciate them for that because I was crunched on time and they fit me in and they were super dope so shout out to them That's great. My chocolate kiss. My chocolate kiss goes to my brother because he brought me um, firewood and a um, solo Ooh. stove, and so I'm super hyped because it's gonna be a little cold um, this weekend and it may snow. So I am so ready to make a fire. Like I can't oh. wait. Like I, I'm ready to be outside. You know, I don't know what a solo stove is. What's a solo oh stove? What does that mean? It's this. Um, it's a stove that will make like like a, almost like a campfire, but the stove is set up so that you don't get the smoke. It's like a smokeless fire. It puts out the same kind of heat Ooh. like a campfire, but you don't get all of the smoke that you get when you like just light up. Oh. You know how you dig a you know dig your dirt hole and uh-huh. you make it. So it's like having that kind of fire without the smoke. But you still need firewood. Yes. But she got that too. That is so interesting. That's so nice, huh? So I got firewood. What ma- What magic is this? Yeah. I've never heard of <laughs> it. I actually need to look outside because it didn't cover my firewood, and because there is a snowstorm coming, I saw everybody getting firewood. I'm gonna be so mad if somebody stole my firewood from my uh, backyard. But it's out there, and I cannot wait to make a fire. But chocolate kisses to my brother. Oh, I googled it. A solo stove. I think, that looks I think dope. Now. Oh, shout, you want so shout out to your brother because now I want one. Yeah. Ooh, these are <laughs> these are these are not cheap. These are not cheap. Shout out to your brother. Mm-hmm. I now I want one. It's basically like a fire pit. Yep. That's so cool. It's a fire pit with no smoke. Yep. Awesome. I think I want hmm. that. Putting that on my wish list, guys. Putting that on your guys. <laughs> I, I do feel like I've ran out of kisses. Oh, okay. I'll give I'll give a kiss to my sister. Aw. I love your sister. Tell yes, her I said she's sweet. She sent me flowers. She's like the only one who really sends me flowers. And I like flowers. Aww. And Aww. So even though, you know, I, I'm like, oh, you sent me flowers. Like, I don't even know. Like she just sends it to me and it shows up at my door. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got flowers. And I'm like, I wonder who. And it's like, but you know who it's from. But so <laughs> it's because she appreciates she you. does because she, she does. loves you. I need my older sister to step up her game and send me some flowers. Shoot. You can't, you can't, you can't compare, man. It's different, it's a different <laughs> kind of thing. Okay, I put work into this. Okay, I get flowers. <laughs> I get flowers. So I'm gonna give a chocolate kiss to my sister. 
She's not. I love mom. getting flowers. I, I do. It Yay. makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> all right, all right, y'all. So you can check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at the Chocolate MDs. Please, please send us your questions at thechocolatemds at gmail.com or check out our website at www.thechocolatemds.com and you can use our little portal to send us questions that way. Either way, check out our social media, send us questions via that way and be on the lookout for our new episodes when they drop. Oh, and Nono just recently started posting each of our episodes to our Twitter account. Yay! So if you guys want to comment, yeah, if you guys want to comment, I mean, low key, I'll watch it. I'll comment back. I mean, I'll be like, hey, <laughs> I'll comment back from my personal account. Be like, yeah, it's me, Dr. Sunshine. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm chiming in here. But yeah, she's going to post it to our Twitter account. So if you guys want to comment or ask us questions, even questions you don't want on the show, or just comment on the episode, like, hey, y'all, that one was dope. You guys can comment there. You know, we'll appreciate it. Retweet it, share it, I guess, do whatever you want. It's going to be on Twitter. Nice. So you can interact with us a little bit, a little Yay. bit better. All right, y'all. We are appreciative of you guys as always, and we will see you guys Yay. next episode. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Bye.